0: Hello, you're listening to Health Affairs This Week. I'm Rob Lott.
1: And I'm Chris Fleming. This is the weekly podcast where the editors at Health Affairs talk about the health policy news and stories that we've been following throughout the week.
0: Chris, it's uh, been a while since you and I have recorded together. Good to be back with you in the uh, virtual recording
1: studio. Yeah, likewise. And this, this should be a fun one as summer comes to a close and we head into the long weekend.
0: Right. So uh, before I start prepping my uh, potato salad for the weekend barbecue, I want to point our listeners to a new podcast series coming out from Health Affairs, Research and Justice for All. It's a new podcast from Health Affairs focused on health equity. The first season is focused on private sector solutions for health equity, supported by CVS Health and co-hosted by Dr. Sri Chagaturu and uh, Dr. Jonay Um There's going to be a lot of great guests and interesting conversations, including with folks like uh, Karen DeSalvo and uh, Rashad Burgess from Gilead Sciences, among many others. Check it out. The trailer is in the show notes. Let's look back at one of the big headlines from this past week. What are we talking about today, Chris?
1: Well, the big news, of course, this week was the naming of the first 10 drugs that will be subject to direct price negotiations by Medicare.
0: I saw that, Chris. Uh, I was a little disappointed that they didn't do a David Letterman style rollout. You know, you could have had uh, Joe behind the big desk with the big mic, maybe slowly marking items off his note card with a pencil and Maybe even Kamala offering quirky banter from behind the keyboard.
1: <laughs> well, that would have been a fun one. Uh, but even without it, it's still a pretty big deal or a big blank deal, as someone once described another piece of uh, health policy uh, way back when. Uh, all told, according to the government, these 10 drugs account for more than $50 billion in Medicare spending per year, and they make up uh, over 20% of pharmacy spending by the program the naming of these drugs uh, that took place this week, it now starts a negotiation process and the negotiated prices uh, would take effect in 2026.
0: And uh, now just a note of background, as many listeners will recall, uh, Medicare gained this right to negotiate prices for a subset of prescription drugs um, through the Inflation Reduction Act passed last year. And that law's drug price provisions Uh, were only a part of its health-related content. The IRA also expanded and extended important coverage provisions of the Affordable Care Act and provided historic investments to fight climate change, which, of course, has huge impacts on health as well. Uh, But what exactly does the law have to say about Medicare?
1: Well, uh, on the Medicare drug coverage front, uh, the IRA uh, capped uh, out-of-pocket prescription drug costs for Medicare beneficiaries. Uh Two thousand per year and insulin out of pocket costs at uh thirty five dollars thirty five dollars monthly, uh, but our focus today, of course, as we just talked about, is on that list of drugs uh where price whose prices could be negotiated
0: right, so my understanding, Chris, is that it was actually quite a long journey, if I recall to get to that point where this approach would even be included in such Wide-reaching and significant legislation, as the IRA is that a fair assessment of how we got here?
1: Yeah, I mean, in some ways, uh, you know, what what particular drugs are on the list uh, is less significant than the fact that there is a list at all. The law that added prescription drug uh, coverage to Medicare back in two thousand and three uh, prohibited Medicare from directly negotiating prices with drug makers. Period. Uh, Democrats have been trying to overturn that uh, prohibition ever since. Uh, Medicare drug price negotiation has long actually been popular with Americans, at least based on polling data. But, you know, Washington is so politically polarized, it took until the passage of the IRA to allow Medicare to negotiate prices, at least for a subset of the covered drugs. So, you know, once the process was enacted into law, we, of course, got a, a plethora of predictions regarding what drugs would be on the list, uh, including in the pages of Health Affairs Forefront. Uh, now that the list is out, opinions range uh, regarding how the actual list st- stacks up against those predictions. Some uh, observers, like former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, emphasized how the actual dr- list differed from the predictions but overall, experts thought that the list accorded with expectations. And that's not too surprising, you know, since the IRA limited drugs eligible for negotiations uh, to those that had been out on the market for a certain period and that had no uh, significant generic or biosimilar competition. And CMS had said it would uh, look at the top uh, 50 drugs most costly to Medicare. So, you know, in in essence, the universe of possible drugs that could be selected was was fairly limited.
0: Yeah, that's what I've been hearing too, Chris, Um, although I will note that several observers noted the dearth of specialty drugs on the list. These are uh, complex medications, often biologics, used to treat complex health conditions, and this absence is is notable because those drugs are generally very costly for Medicare. Um, On the other hand, the list did feature many drugs widely used for treating or preventing uh, common conditions like heart disease and diabetes. And so uh, what you've got there is a really large patient population and hence um, uh, an opportunity to save significant funds. These drugs included Eliquis and Xarelto, prescription blood thinners used for preventing blood clots, and Jardians, Genuvia, Farziga, and Novolog. Uh, I hope I pronounced those right, Chris. Uh, all of those are used to treat diabetes. Now, one interesting aspect of this is the question of spillover. The Congressional Budget Office predicted that the IRA's drug price negotiation provisions would save the federal government $98.5 billion over the first 10 years, but there are a range of uncertainties. One of the big questions is how much spillover effect there will be on the prices of drugs not chosen for negotiation. And in a category like blood thinners or diabetes drugs, negotiations could potentially lower the price, not just on the drug subject to negotiation, but also of other drugs in the category trying to stay competitive. Now, on the other hand, Chris, uh, am I right that some have pointed out confounding factors that could mean there will actually be less savings from the drug price negotiation than expected? at least initially?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, HHS's cost estimates for the 10 selected drugs, uh, I believe, don't account for existing rebates that are already received from uh, pharmacy benefit managers. So for instance, Stacey uh, Dusetzina Vanderbilt told Axios, the initial list is, quote, chock full of, exi- of highly rebated drugs so that the negotiated prices in a lot of cases may not actually be lower than the current net price. Uh, although that you know, can change as more or less rebated drugs are selected for negotiations in subsequent years. Another factor that might uh, mute the effect of negotiation is that generic and biosimilar competitors are expected for some of the listed drugs in the next couple of years, which would lower prices even without negotiation. So we have the pros and cons, some high hopes and some guarded caution. Uh, now there's a lot that has to happen, right? What next?
0: Yeah, Chris, HHS will select another 15 drugs for negotiation each year for the next two years, with negotiated prices taking effect in 2027 and 2028, respectively. Boy, that's that seems a long ways out, but uh, that's how it goes. Uh, and then 20 drugs will be selected each year after that. Analysts are already speculating about the 27 list. And uh, one much-mentioned contender is Ozempic, the diabetes drug that's also used widely for weight loss. Uh, Standard small-molecule drugs aren't subject to negotiated pricing until they've been on the market for nine years. But HHS can start the negotiating process in year seven, a mark that Ozempic hits in late 2024. Now, starting in 2028, Medicare will also be able to select not just drugs taken at home and covered under Medicare Part D, but also drugs uh, that are delivered at healthcare facilities and covered under Medicare Part B. We're talking about infusions and uh, and uh, a lot of uh, kinds of uh, cancer drugs uh, that will open up significant new savings possibilities for Medicare beneficiaries particularly those without supplemental insurance. And uh, we expect 2028 will bring more cancer drugs into the negotiating process. Right now, the only drug on the initial list, the only cancer drug, I should say, is Imbruvica. So we'll be watching how the negotiation process plays out for the first 10 drugs just selected. HHS has shared guidance on the factors it will consider uh, and when determining what it's willing to pay for particular drugs. But just how those factors will be weighed and how they will interact is still unknown.
1: Yeah, and of course, there's always the possibility that none of this will ever happen. Uh, you know, that's the, there's the political risk that Republicans, who are almost unanimously opposed uh, to the IRA's uh, drug price negotiation provisions, that they'll gain enough power maybe to make changes in the legislation or perhaps to stall implementation. And with everything in health, as with everything in health policy these days, Uh, The IRA provisions allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices are being challenged in, I think, six or seven different lawsuits by drug manufacturers, uh, the Drug Industry Association of Pharma, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And I would add, by the way, uh, Rob, that uh, all of these lawsuits are just another reason why uh, a Letterman rollout would have worked really well because, and I apologize in advance for this one, but I am a dad, as you probably remember. Letterman's top ten lists used to come from the home office in Sioux City, Iowa.
0: (laughs) I like that, Chris. Uh, Beautiful dad joke. Um, So let's let's go to Sioux City. What exactly do these lawsuits claim?
1: Uh, Well, there are a lot of different claims. Uh, There are allegations that the um, IRAs drug negotiation uh, program violates the First, the Fifth, the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution, Uh, for example. Uh, There are allegations that the uh, drug negotiation provisions, uh, drug price negotiation provisions violate the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment, that they take intellectual property of drug makers without just compensation. There are also allegations by authorizing CMS to determine the price Medicare will pay. The IRA violates something called the non-delegation doctrine, which prohibits Congress from delegating its legislative power to executive agencies.
0: Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad I have you here um, to uh, provide uh, legal advice, Chris. Do you have a sense how strong the legal challenges are?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a little hard to know. I mean, if you look at just strict legal precedent, that that would suggest they probably face an uphill battle. But of course, you know, there have been four years of Trump appointed justices, so the federal bench from the Supreme Court on down has moved uh, somewhat to the right, uh, and one of the main themes in the conservative legal community has been hostility to perceived overreach by federal agencies. Uh, so the law and, you know, particularly the non-deal areas like the non-delegation doctrine has been changing rapidly. Uh, you know, we we'll, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. We've had uh, several pieces on these lawsuits in Health Affairs Forefront and we'll have more. So uh, keep watching Forefront as the litigation uh, progresses.
0: That's uh, probably a perfect spot for us to wrap up today, Chris. Um, Certainly this issue isn't going away anytime soon. So to our listeners, stay tuned to all of Health Affairs channels for more expert analysis and opinion.
1: Uh, Thanks to everyone listening. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to stay connected to Health Affairs, uh, sign up for our free newsletters, Health Affairs Today and Health Affairs Sunday update. We'll see you next week.